0: Welcome, Path Folk, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, After Party, number 37. As you should all know by now, I am Rachel Sandage, and I will be your host for this evening.
1: Wait, who are you?
0: Or morning. Morning. Who am I? Actually, I don't know when you're listening to this, but hopefully you're listening at a time that is fun for you.
2: (laughs) Hopefully you're listening to this in preparation for our Gen Con 2020 live show that will be going on here soon.
0: And we hope you'll be joining us. I'm pretty excited to get back into the shoes of Estrella, so that'll be fun.
2: Or tiny, tiny shoes. I miss second edition.
0: Yeah, I I will say that sometimes the switch back and forth, I'm like, oh, three action economy.
1: Yeah, It's really the three action economy that's got me hooked.
3: That's (laughs) also the bane of my existence.
0: Good old JB, thank you for ruining first edition now because we're all spoiled by three action economy.
2: (laughs) It's not ruined, it's just a different approach. It,
0: It is different. Either way, welcome back. We're so glad to have you. Let's do a quick recap. Episode 109 found uh, the doorkeepers exploring the workshop of Chisisek, which we had fun
3: actually getting in there. I'm convinced Narmer is Chisisek, like reincarnated somehow.
0: That is my headcanon. I don't know if it's actually true. Maybe uh, Rick will let us know at some point if that actually is true, but I'm going to go with, uh, yeah. He just doesn't remember that he was Chisisek. Maybe. But while we were down there, the mask showed Sudi Hakatep's first meeting with the architect. What'd y'all think about just that? I would say,
1: I want to live in Chisisek's robot utopia. I, for one, welcome a <laughs> robot overlord. It's
0: Horizon Zero Dawn if the world hadn't gotten ruined. It hadn't
1: been awful, right? Yeah. Masika
3: is already like, can I find those diggers? Can I fix them? Can we make the oasis right. an oasis again? Well, I know, it cool? right?
1: like good gravy, good gravy. That was amazing.
3: That is your and- post-adventure uh, hobby. Yeah, and armor's
0: already volunteered to, you know, filter out the salt. That's
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was actually really interesting with Chisisek because he had kind of almost created this utopia in the desert, right? Like he had put all these automated diggers to work and like all this water filtration and like basically were are solving all of the area's problems to make like his own like private oasis for his tribe and then got pulled away by Hakatep which is also kind of sad because he could have made so much more
2: it should be mentioned that he didn't even want it as a private oasis for his tribe he wanted to open up trade routes and bring yeah. more oh, that's people sad. in he did want trade yeah. routes yeah he wanted to make the world a better place
3: it only seems like he went to go with Hakatep was because this was a challenge it was like hey this is something really challenging and interesting so i'm gonna go do this because it's fun not necessarily yeah. because it was even something he you know was interested in in and of itself
4: well let's not overlook the fact that he was definitely making weapons and stuff
3: and selling <laughs> I know, them he's as like, a gun like no i'm not making so. weapons
1: i'm totally making weapons
2: <laughs>
3: Well, I'm sorry, as, for all we know, as far as people's defenses, you know, I was
4: pretty sure he said he was selling them somewhere, but
2: no, he no, never he never no. mentioned selling them anywhere. He simply said that his machines would defend themselves.
4: Yeah, no, he mentioned if it was from this one place, it was something about some place. It wasn't oh, he, me. he just
2: he just mentioned that something happened in a peck And if he was here about that, then he was hardly involved. He didn't ever say, like, what happened in a peck, whether or not, like, he stole things or...
0: I get the impression that that's where he got all the parts
3: for his clockwork.
1: I was going to say, he had to be getting this metal from somewhere Mm -hmm. because he had so many automatons that needed, like, lots and lots of specific geared parts and things.
3: And Masika's in need of 500 pounds of bronze.
2: (laughs) There was a a little something that I think kind of... It got a little overlooked because this was the first involvement that you'd seen of Chisisek. But that was also the first time that you've actually seen Hakatep. Yeah. Proper. Yeah. As that's though. true. As an adult, yeah.
3: I mean, he still I, seems like he's kind of a jerk. There is
0: still part of me that's like, I want to be able to sense motive. Like, is he doing this for a good cause or
4: is it just a paranoid obsession? Like he,
1: having a threat of the Shori actually. He
4: didn't yeah. He didn't overreact when Chisisek like didn't bow and didn't know who he was. Like his reaction to that was interesting because he was pretty chill, actually. And he corrected him and said, call me Chisisek, or call me, don't call me your name, that's weird. Call me Hakatap and that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe he's okay. I
1: I think it's one of those things that he also needed Chisisek and he needed him desperately. But he
4: could snatch Chisisek and force him to come and do his bidding.
2: But nobody's going to do their best work when they're in chains.
4: Sure, but that hasn't stopped dictators
2: from doing that. That's true. (laughs) He also seemed to have a pretty amiable relationship with the man that eventually ripped his soul into three pieces.
0: That's yeah, true. But, yeah. but Nahamra <laughs> did not seem down with the whole bringing Chisisek in either.
4: But we don't know
3: why. Yeah. I still think that Hakatep is just paranoid about the Shori and is doing this because he thinks they're going to attack and they aren't really planning to. And Nahamra is like, are we really need to build this giant super weapon? Really?
1: It's one of those things where, like, if you're the pharaoh of this, this domain, you control pretty much the entire country, and you c- you probably have a pretty strong military. You can defend your borders, but the Shori can fly over your borders. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's, like, the one thing that could actually dethrone him. So if he is going kind of the the more despot thing and getting paranoid, that would be a valid thing to get paranoid about.
4: Well, we at least Aww. know that the Shori were actually doing something because just a had heard of them and stuff. It does make me
0: kind of wonder what sort of education he had when he was taken by his uncle you know like what did they tell him who knows
1: yeah that's a good question and that we haven't seen that yet
0: maybe they knew something that everyone else didn't
1: cuz i kind of thought he was going to have a thing where it was like you know he's a he's a fairly innocent boy and then those evil set get a hold of him and it wasn't really that way like it didn't come across that way anyway
0: well we who don't knows? know cuz we don't know
3: what he went through when he was with the and set. we don't know what kind of bluff and how good of a
1: manipulator and actor and all of that he mm-hmm. is either. So it's still super gray, which I enjoy.
0: Yep. And that leads us into episode 110, where the party uh, set off into the desert and we found a cool rod that was unfortunately being guarded. Well, I don't know if really guarded is the right term, but was surrounded by a sand kraken. <laughs>
2: Release the Kraken.
3: I actually really thought that fight was kind of fun, and I'm glad that we didn't have to dig it up and actually kill it, because, you
4: know, it's just being a Kraken. I did not think that was fight was fun. I almost died, and I certainly was like, I really don't want to have to have another new character. So,
1: So how many hit points were you down to by the end of that? 13. Yeah, so one, maybe. I was maybe, dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> one more round, maybe two, you would have survived on and that. And
4: I was like, well, there's a rod of Wadgett, so maybe I'm like a druid of Wadgett who's been looking for this rod. You it's- do
1: that thing where you're like seeing the inevitable end and you're just like, I guess I'm going to resign to it and start working on my next character. Anytime
4: oh, Hollis oh, is like, all right, sugar, fly free. You know <laughs> so that was essentially riding okay. her will.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, what was interesting in that to me was, you know, first t- first time getting to see Unhocked uh, fight and see that he's actually pretty good. That was cool. Um, yeah. The other thing was Masika in yeah. the Wand of Burning Hands. That seemed like
3: <laughs> not I, a, not I at first, all what I
1: thought Masika was going to do.
3: When all of my big boom spells are like area effects or are call lightning, which takes around to activate. And I really thought that burning hands wand was like level three. It wasn't until I was already up there that I looked at it and went, oh, that's only a level one wand. Oh, well.
1: Uh, oh, you know? Okay, because I was like, she did all that for a D4 damage. That's not worth it. Like- <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> like- it, feels,
2: it feels like it's a wand that you purchase to just shove in armor at some point to go, okay, let's upgrade your spitting ability again, not to hold on and use
3: It was one of those flame strike is a square, but I can't use that. I could only hit like two or three of them or, you know, there wasn't any. So I was like, okay, I'll just use burning hands and get three. And I really thought it was like a third or a fifth level one. I can
2: only imagine the amazing side eye from Hollis. That's like, you just did a D4 of damage to them and I'm Dying,
4: <laughs> uh, Hollis
3: didn't do. This. What are you Hollis doing, woman? Out. Yeah, you actually called it out You were like,
1: "Did you not prepare any attack spells? I think, or something like that?" You said
3: it's like yeah. I do, but nothing's that's nothing that's going to get more than one of them.
2: I like that you say that, and Hollis burned through. what is shout! How, how high of a level is shout? Uh,
4: fourth level and a third level spell.
2: Yeah, so she just like Jeez. went, "Nope, shout." <laughs> I need yeah, this one. critical level. level.
4: Shout, it's such
2: a good. It's such a good spell for grappling.
4: Yes. Hey, okay, so if you are grappled and you go unconscious, does it just pull you under the sand? Because that's what I thought was happening.
2: Yeah, it just pulls you down under the sand.
4: Cool. And then we we would have had to dig
2: you up. (laughs) I was pretty sure I was going to be dead. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, but you didn't die. That's, yes. And
0: unfortunately, we can't say the same for some of our friends that we met in episode 111. That is true. Because we came across uh, the first of two dead bodies, the first being Philema which was one of the desert giants that we met and she'd been semi-laid to rest so we got the impression that people were going to come back and take care of it so we pushed on forward thankfully uh, Jess had the idea and then Heather was able to execute a a sending spell to Hassan Uh, so he said don't don't come so we were like huh no, we're totally going to go Of course gonna go
1: we're going to come,
4: yeah. <laughs> Jordan gave me a hard time about that spell after we said so in, recording. So in
1: hindsight, I don't know if that was a good move because we just gave the, I don't know. So I don't know if Hassan went and told them, oh, hey guys, they're on their way for sure. Like they just checked up on me. I know Masika, she
2: won't like it's just possible. abandon me. In fact, it might even be probable because it's basically, I have my group of friends here, which these cultists, which I never thought would be my friends, but they're actually pretty reasonable and fun people after they cast that spell on me. And then I've got my other group of friends, but I know that they don't like this group of friends. So I'm going to tell them, hey guys, let me go up front first to just tell them to leave. And then when they showed up, it's like, oh wait, no, they gave me a suggestion also. And that suggestion seemed pretty reasonable. That suggestion was kill the doorkeepers and this didn't even come up in the game, but in Hassan's mind, it was uh, the doorkeepers are these foreigners, not Masika.
0: Well, <laughs> technically, the doorkeepers <laughs> are only Citra and Sudi. Yeah, true. Yeah, he doesn't know that.
2: So in his mind, it was like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt Masika, but these other people, they're kind of leading Masika down the wrong path. And then once, once I'm done with them, maybe I can convince Masika to, you know, drink the Kool Aid.
0: But mm. we managed <laughs> to pry the Kool Aid out of him and got him on
3: our side. Knocked the Kool-Aid Which from his hand. good thing, good, <laughs> yes. good lord, he like, hits no like a mag truck. You. I'm really worried about this fight, y'all. I'm very uh, worried. So
1: it was one of those fights that like, I walked into it and I was like, oh, we got Hassan on our side. There's only two of them, this will be fine. And then they just kept no. coming and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. You didn't oh, think no. this was
4: a trap?
1: Oh, no, I knew it was a trap, but I didn't think that there were two Lamias sitting there waiting to charm the bejesus yeah, out of
3: that, us. I still don't know where is. Her,
4: uh, Tadasura is. And
3: yeah. now the only That's cover true. we have is full of webs, and Masika doesn't have any targets in range for her lightning bolts. It's you can't lightning the cultists? They're too far away. It's only like a yeah, 100 range spell. Feet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You still use st- Masika, still has to use her standard action the next turn to even finish that spell.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but well, you could I at least can... call lightning on Kabek, so there's that. Oh, that'd
4: be great. I can dismiss
2: I that well because might be of out of reaction. range of it.
3: Everybody's out of range because I can't see the Lamia because of the webs, and everybody else is up on that platform. Everybody's out of range.
1: Does that mean that Kabek is actually like that the spell, his version of call lightning is out of range of us too, then? Maybe. Maybe.
0: We are pretty spread out, so.
1: <laughs> He's probably a higher caster level. He seems to have no, tr- no problem charming
2: literally every single per- thing that he runs into. I mean, to be, Man, frank, be Uh Hollis managed to succeed in dispelling it though. So
4: yeah, that is true. I mean, I rolled a 15.
2: Yeah. I will I simply I've... say that I think Hollis had less than a 50% chance.
0: All I'm saying is like, you couldn't have let me get one hit on that mofo. <laughs> <laughs> really?
2: I know. I was waiting yeah. to
1: like run forward, grab him and just hold him as I beat the. I, be- I,
0: I get five D six sneak attack. I this was
1: just oh, you gotta oh, use, that. You to to use that though on the one that killed on Eurus 100%. I'm setting you up for it.
4: Well, my <laughs> plan is I have I have these webs so that the Lamia can't charm Sudi into murdering all of
1: us, which is a great thing. Or
4: Citra into murdering all of us because yeah. you both are not great at will saves. Yeah, I'm not great at will saves. I
1: mean, I've got a nine. Okay. I don't.
4: Right. <laughs> so the rogue doesn't.
2: And also a plus two versus enchantments. Yeah. Good news, bad news. Bad news being that web lasts for uh, an hour and a half at your current caster level.
4: It's dismissible. It has a d. Good news, to it. it's
2: dismissible. Yeah.
0: So when we're but ready to face now. the Lumia, then we'll get in there.
4: Well, I essentially can but. cost them their turn. Either come out here, or you know you're too far back to cast your spell. And if you move, you have to make another save, kind of a thing. So I'm messing with them enough. And then I have a handful of long range spells, but we can always dismiss those webs and go inside once we th- we're ready to deal with Lamia. But yeah. also, I, Teddy Sura is somewhere. She's on the cover of this book. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> I, that's why I'm a I little care. bit She's somewhere.
4: terrified.
0: I, I'm hoping we have a stroke of luck. But yeah, th- this fight's going to whoop our butt, I think.
1: It, well, it, it'll so hopefully the,
0: be a good triumph, but I don't know. Yeah, well, one of
1: the advantages that we do have is that the four crossbow cultists are so far away they'd have no chance of hitting us from where they are, so they're going to have to get closer.
0: Low chance, not no chance. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're they only
2: taking a <laughs> minus two penalty to shoot from that range.
0: Yeah, crossbows oh, are... Oh,
2: crud, you're right. Crossbows are yeah. 80 feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're dead, guys. They're crossbows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went from a little bit of yet.
2: optimism. We're toast. <laughs> Jordan went from there's the no chance guys. we're going to die to we're absolutely going to die.
4: I'm worried about the giant lamias. I'm worried about the guy with the falchion and I'm worried about Kabak, but guys with crossbows until they start pulling swords and coming down aren't quite as scary. Yeah, because you have to reload them unless they all have quick reload and all that stuff. Rapid reload, they might, but we'll we'll find out. We don't know yet. I
2: mean, Jordan immediately got some of the got back to the problem that you guys had with the cultists the first time is that while while they don't seem to be an extreme threat, that critical range on that falchion, the damage that those falchions do, and the fact that they have a respectable amount of hit points. Yeah, like it's taken you guys multiple. It took that giant multiple hits to take one down. Speed bumps on your way to Khabek.
4: Yeah, they're still pain. So yeah, I have some fun spells planned for Khabek that I learned right after that fight when I bought all those scrolls and I bought. Don't them say anything because
1: I don't want Rick don't, to yeah, hear it. Yeah, don't give Rick. Ideas <laughs> I'm not what they are. I'm just
4: saying, like I went shopping with all that gold to kill Khabek, and so I'm ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just look over, and it's just like you know me, and you know what I do. But also, I have a very specific set of spells, and I will find you, and I will kill you.
4: <laughs> and I've leveled up since last time, homie. Yep.
2: We're hoping that one level will mean that we don't lose another character in this fight. Well, we didn't lose to him. That's true. That, that is true. Combat, I mean, he did contribute.
4: Yeah, but like he, at the end of it, was mostly attacking Hollis.
2: It's true. Once again, the eternal battle of sorcerer versus wizard continues.
4: I'm about to show him why wizards are cool.
2: <laughs> Flexibility, baby.
4: Yeah. That is definitely in favor of the wizard.
2: I read a different book than my normal book, and now I can attack you with other things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then I have a fun question for the crew to kind of segue us into uh, something else. This episode comes out on August 1st during Gen Con. So Ah. what was going on in the episode that dropped last year during Gen Con 2019?
3: Oh, well, like I remember
4: that.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, no idea. No idea. We're probably uh, still in Tefu. <laughs>
4: based on the fact that this is a question, were we fighting Kabeck?
2: <laughs> oh, no, that would be awful. <laughs> it took it a it took one worst. year for us to track Kabeck. Now. No, because
3: Kabeck was sometime in November because I remember thinking the episode. Yeah. because oh, that's right. I I been the been right. Died. And then that. the episode where yours died dropped like the week before my birthday. Because I remember thinking, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, so, your character's dead. Okay, okay.
4: <laughs> then I'm going to say uh, Nebta Kufri.
2: I'm going to say we're still in Tefu somewhere. <laughs> All right, so Jessica's vo- voting Nebta Kufri. Jordan's voting.
3: I think we were in Tefu by that point, probably. Tefue, yeah, I'm Tefue going Tefue with Jordan.
0: I, I'm in to second Jessica. I think it was the fight with Nebta Kufri. You don't know the answer? No, I'm just going by the script there.
2: No, I, I wrote the question, <laughs> which is why I'm not answering Using Rachel
3: as a mouthpiece, really It's gonna be something I'm interesting because Rick
1: wouldn't ask this question if it wasn't interesting.
3: No, I feel like
0: well, you should have probably asked this question.
1: <laughs>
0: and so.
2: the episode that came out August 5th, 2019, was episode 69, The One with the Sky Pharaoh. It's <laughs> the second part hey, of the Neptune yeah, yeah, Free fight. Oh, yeah. oh, good call, good call. So one, one year ago, as of the release of this, we're pretty much close about the same time like one year as of the recording of this uh, you guys were still back in Wati fighting against Neptukufri and trying to That's it was the tricky. end of uh, it was pretty much the end of book two God, and book so it's three been so one year long. since the end of book two <laughs> so it's
1: seriously <laughs> taken us a year to get God. to get to this point in book three we're not even done with book three yet
3: Nope. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I, I'm hoping this is the last last push for book three because holy cow!
2: I think I included it in the show notes for this uh, for this episode. How many episodes it's been since uh, you guys set out looking for Chisisek's tomb? Yep, you have reached the tomb of Chisisek after 38 episodes of looking for it. Wow, does that include all <laughs> of, of Tattoos? Only, only three Yeah, I that's, think that's Horus- all of <laughs> Wow.
1: Hollis
4: has almost been in as many episodes as Segura, and Segura was in two full books.
2: This book's gone no, on uh, for a long time. Segura was in 70 episodes.
4: Because we had all of Tafu.
2: But keep in mind, you also
1: were in nine episodes for
2: Feta Tales. Yeah,
4: but I'm not counting Feta Tales. But
1: she... might
2: be.
4: Either way, you're catching up with how
0: long segura has been in.
2: Segura was in 71 episodes.
0: So that means... And
2: Hollis was introduced in episode... Seventy. 73. 73. Which means that Hollis will have been in the group for longer than Segura was by episode 143. So there's still a okay. ways to go.
1: We
4: got, we oh, got, some not that far. Hopefully yeah. we'll be out of book three by then. Maybe, maybe we will, <laughs> maybe we won't.
1: <laughs> 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 Little do you know, the next 30 episodes are just us doing this fight. It also
4: won't be two full books. It'll definitely be a book and a half, probably. If that. Yeah. Well, we do have some
0: emails. Uh, our first email is from Ryan. Uh, have we placed Ryan somewhere? Uh, like, is this a previous Ryan or is this a new Ryan?
2: Uh, this, is, uh, this is our friend Ryan from Edinburgh. He wrote in uh, a while uh, back.
0: My Edinburgh buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: in <laughs> yep. somewhere. I, I don't remember where we placed Dermapis? you, Ryan. So we need a uh, list. I apologize. We really need to make like a, a list. We, we do need to, to make to start making yes. a list for y'all.
4: I mean, we could yeah. easily look at the community page and where people are and stuff but like yeah eh. we'll, do, we'll do that next
2: time also Ryan wrote in in September of last year so it's almost one year since Ryan last wrote us so thanks exactly. for checking back in with us Ryan
0: <laughs> hi guys glad you are all doing well during this craziness loved the faded Tales but very glad to have the main pod back you know I am too yeah me too we, we hear that a
1: lot <laughs> we're, we're glad to
0: I enjoyed the other characters but yeah Quick question. My group is starting book five of Rise of the Rune Lords, and the maps are getting bigger and bigger.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, that one <laughs> yeah, is huge. big.
0: We have had to move to online during lockdown, and honestly, during a lot of book four, the scale of the maps were so huge, I couldn't imagine how else to do combats and the dungeon crawls apart from digital maps. However, my groups enjoy physical maps, and I like making uh, set pieces for my players. I made Fort Rannick to scale for the battle there and the clock tower for the end of book two. That's cool. Wow. That's real cool. Wow, Can cool. You s- I request pictures, Ryan. Yes. I and want that to are see your pictures. STL
1: files <laughs> if you're 3D
2: printing them.
0: But his question is, how do you guys manage with the sheer scale of the maps? Do I just have to resign myself to using digital maps from now on? Thanks.
2: So it's interesting because one of the beautiful things about Mummy's Mask is so many of the encounters in Mummy's Mask are interior there's a lot of dungeons, a lot of interior locations, and usually, it's a couple of rooms, so it's easy to scale. Fun thing though, the first time that I've ever had to work with something where it's one one square is ten feet has been this encounter that started in episode one eleven. <laughs> That's you, the when first we play, time we dealt with something that scale. We play
3: played draw? with Rise of the Rune Lords. You drew the maps. I think sometimes I they were on like two or three battle mats and you just kind of moved us over as we moved. But they were definitely drawn out. I remember.
2: I also used to use one of those comedically large battle mats that took up like the entirety of your dinner dinner table where people were just putting their character sheets on top of them.
0: Now, I'm, I'm going to say something just because I think it's funny. So when Rick and I uh, started dating and we moved in together, one of the main requests he had when we were buying our first piece <laughs> of furniture together was that the table had to be four feet wide and could at least be eight feet long?
1: It's true. <laughs> no, and for sure, because, like literally, that was that.
2: That's a huge thing.
0: <laughs> yes, because he wanted to be able to use that battle bat.
2: <laughs> also, shout out for my other nerd friends out there. That's the proper size: four foot by six foot, or four foot by eight foot, depending on whether or not you're doing apocalypse. Is the proper size for doing a warhammer or warhammer forty k game. <laughs>
0: And this is why I'm the best wife ever because I was just like, all right, and we got a table that was that size.
2: I've never debated <laughs> you on that.
1: I mean, to be fair, I had that as a requirement when buying our house <laughs> was that we had to have a place to put a four foot by eight, by eight, 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 eight foot table. gaming table in a
2: gaming room. Although, honestly, the uh, the, com- the complete building of Fort Rannick is amazing, and Fort cool. Rannock is one of the coolest parts of uh, the Rise of the Rune Lords.
3: Yeah. I, I second Rachel. We need we need
4: pictures. Yes,
2: pictures. Yeah.
4: Long story short, just just get a bunch of battle mats and draw all the pieces on them and move them around. That okay, worked. but what about oh, the digital aspect?
2: Actually, uh, one other thing that I can mention is there's a God? I can't remember the name of them, and hopefully I can find this and put this in the show notes. There's a company that makes that's basically like Christmas paper rolls, except for they're square. Oh yeah. mats.
0: yes, I've seen them. And then you yeah, can like
2: draw yeah. it and just like unfurl Keep it rolling. like an old school scroll mm-hmm. as yeah. you're just like unfurling it as the characters move from room to room. Yeah, that would be it great. has like
0: the two <laughs> scrolls at the end, and so you just crank them when
3: you need it.
2: to. Yeah, but so I can't that would also what that's be a called. cool way of doing it. But yeah, I can't remember.
3: I, I guess I'm. I guess I'm old. Um, uh, we're using Roll20 for the remote recordings. And I just, I miss my battle mat with my mini on it where it was much easier to see everything. I don't know. I, I,
4: I miss my table.
2: It does have its advantages for some things.
4: Yeah. I like Roll20 well enough. And I like uh, real mats also. So
2: Yeah. I mean, I prefer real. Uh-huh. Shout out to another podcast out there. Our old buddy uh, Griff over at Hideous Laughter. I know that they built a, uh, a TV battle top. That they use roll twenty, but also use miniatures that they put on top of the TV and move around.
3: Yeah. Okay. So if we could do something like that, that would be amazing. But you so know. that
2: would be an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. I have thought of doing I that mean, before.
0: I personally still prefer the the battle mat. I roll twenty is cool because you can kind of change the terrains and stuff like that, and you can use the official maps a little bit easier. It but, is kind of fun. Uh, there is something about just having your physical mini and and whatnot. I mean, I don't think you have to resign yourself to using digital maps. I think it's maybe a way to supplement it if you don't have time to you know, draw out all of them and whatnot. But I don't know. I think it just helps with the immersion to have it. Agreed. We do have a second email from Joseph. Uh, He says stuff about where he's from in the email. So I'll just wait till I get there. Hi again. This is Joseph from the central coast of California.
3: Hi.
1: Ah, Kelly. (laughs)
0: We have a
5: bazillion
0: vineyards, beautiful beaches, rolling hills, and crappy politics. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I last emailed you at episode 17, and now I'm all caught up. Yay! Yay! I also didn't know at the time you put people in the Pathfinder world depending on where they listen from, so where does the pirate ship you put me on finish its (laughs) voyage?
2: Oh gosh, where did we put? Where do we put them on? A Pirate ship. <laughs> See, I I will say no no dig against California, but I will say when you mentioned like vineyards and crappy politics and all, like my mind immediately went to Chiliacs.
4: Chiliacs. like they uh, make yeah. great wine, oh,
2: yeah. and it's like so, but at the same you know, time. Apparently,
4: you're docking in Chiliacs. <laughs> no, he's if he's on a pirate ship and not Chilaxian navy. Oh,
2: is it Hell's Harbor that's in that's the Chilax, ex Chilaxians that live in uh, the shackles.
4: That would be awesome. I think it is. That would be cool. I was oh, thinking of that town, that town that's like in Ravenel now, I guess it's like chaotic and everybody wears masks or whatever, like that town where the only law is like thief code law is it Viad or something. veray
3: I don't know. I like Hell's Harbor with the
4: crazy actual
3: cool. Axiom pirates. That, that's where I'm saying because we put him on a pirate ship. You know, it's suitable for him to remain in the shackles with the pirates. But you can go
4: anywhere. That's the glory of a ship. All right. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, so are we doing
3: Hell's Harbor or are we doing Vire? Hell's Harbor.
2: Uh, okay, we'll put it up to a vote. Actually, I, I like Vire, so I'm going to vote for Vire.
3: I like Vire too.
2: I'll go Vire.
3: You all suck. I've been
0: Hell's Harbor. Self, okay. <laughs> so you Okay. So, Joseph, you uh, dock in Vire. That's how I'm going to pronounce it.
2: Good luck. Okay. The City of Masks.
0: And he says, uh, I recently got married myself and life has been swell. Congratulations. congratulations. Good for and you. And he says, congratulations on the upcoming marriage to be. It is certainly a wonderful blessing.
2: Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no excitement
0: so there at all. The, Sadly, the uh, wonderful pandemic has put a bit of a, a delay on the nuptials, but it will be happening eventually.
4: Uh, Basically, our ceremony is
1: delayed, but we are getting married this year,
2: y'all. We're doing
4: a baby ceremony, and then we're doing a party that has lemurs, and that's our plan.
1: There
2: you go. They have exchanged the rings of commitment. Yes.
4: All right. He continues (laughs) with, uh, I
0: planned on running my own homebrew campaign for some new and some seasoned players, and I've never run a campaign before. Then everything changed when the corona attacked.
5: <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: Yes. Uh, I yes, the I current a nation attacked. Yep.
0: Mm. I look forward to implementing all the fun things your players have brought to the table. You are all the best party of players I've listened to, and oh. you set the standards for friendly tables everywhere.
5: Oh, I think that's friends.
0: <laughs> I know Rick doesn't like praise, so, Rick, you absolutely suck at being a bad GM. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> in fact I've never heard of a GM who cares more for their players enjoyment and storytelling influence as much as you do if you are trying to be a bad GM you fail miserably
2: yes uh, I'll try oh, that is a great way, a way to do that that's a new you, way to sir. phrase it I like that's it
0: nice. <laughs> that's why he lives in fire <laughs> yep. they, thank you all for doing what you do you have helped my smiles per mile count high as I drive around for work hopefully you're uh-huh. all elves and get to play and record for centuries to come if not mm. there's always Hollis
2: that's okay. Like Hang <laughs> ten
0: sign emoji. <laughs> uh, awesome.
2: Yeah. It's more just a comment email yes. than a question email.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we have like, a. There's no question well, here. Thank you. No, he asked yes, where yes, he was thank from. Thank you, Joseph. So.
2: there you go. That's true. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he
0: did. And we answered. Third email is from Scott in Lafayette, Indiana.
2: Lafayette. Indiana? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, perhaps
2: everyone's favorite fighting Frenchman.
0: Perhaps analogous to somewhere in the Tandak Plains.
2: Uh, over is. in oh, Teldor. Yeah, oh, that's I was going to say why. he actually knows I, 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 where he wants to be from. That's, that's why right, I don't Scott know.
0: From the Ten Duck Plains.
2: <laughs> from what I understand, it's, it's a large stretch of Teldor that's nothing but like very small communities and open farms and everything. It's where they clear cut the Viridian, Viridian, Viridian forest, whichever one of those it is.
3: rude right. Every time you say Viridian forest, it makes me think of Pokemon and <laughs> oh, going to say, catch on. a Pikachu. Yep. There's a bunch of bug catchers in there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, find the path crew. Hello. I'm currently up. binge listening to you guys and ignoring all of my other podcasts. Sorry, oh, Southern cool. Tomfoolery. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Southern Tomfoolery and hideous laughter. I still love you.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <No>.
0: <laughs>
2: Eventually, you'll get caught up and then you yeah. can catch back yes. up with them again. But thank you for joining us. Yes,
0: thank yes. you so much. I just finished After Party 69 through 72, but I will be caught up by the time you guys get to this. If you still do listener mail in the after parties of the far future, and in we fact, do. we do. Welcome, Welcome
2: to the, to the future. future. <laughs> I will spare you
0: the compliments and just say you guys are easy to listen to. Oh,
2: thank you. Oh, There's thank no you. posturing,
0: put downs, or bronus, and I appreciate it. Oh, bro, dude,
1: bro, bro. right here, bro. bro. Like, dude, how could you? How could you, neg us like that, bro?
4: I played a yeti the other day that was like a uh, bro. Dude, you played a
1: stoner,
2: bro, really well. It was yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So we if can it, do bronus, but usually it's in jest. It, yes. it might help
2: that we have 60% female players Well, <laughs> yes, 75% yes. female players but 60% female crew hey, just because
0: you're female doesn't mean you
2: can't be a we're, bro you know we're 50-50 uh, split when we have Ross back yeah. true. We, are. we
4: are but y'all are not very broy. I think we're more broy than we're, y'all we're, we're <laughs> the, the
2: geeky kind for
1: sure hmm.
4: Yeah, the girls are more bro than the
1: boys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple of questions for Rick. Our group is playing War for the Crown, and oh my Desna, you guys would love this AP.
1: I'm so jealous.
0: (laughs)
4: I want
2: a shirt now that says,
4: oh my Desna.
1: If
2: everybody their
4: mom wasn't playing War for the Crown, we would have played War for the Crown. That's
2: true. He says, there are four of us. Mm.
0: (laughs) There are four of us, and we are rotating GMing book by book. Oh. Interesting. Oh, interesting. We are about oh, to start our fourth book with our fourth GM. Shout out to Andrew, who suggested Find the Path.
2: Oh, well, hey. thank you, Andrew, for Thanks, suggesting Andrew. this.
0: Uh, first question. What do you think of rotating GMing for an AP? No one reads ahead in our group, so we have to lean much more heavily on the adventure as written to deliver a consistent story, though we all generally know where things are headed. On the other hand, everyone gets to GM and play, and there's there's no GM burnout a real risk, as it takes us six to nine months of weekly se- sessions to get through each book.
3: Thoughts? I have never actually heard of people rotating.
2: Oh, I've uh, heard of GM. this. Before. I've heard of it.
3: I've heard of it. I don't. I don't ever want a GM. So, I mean, I would be like, okay, skip me.
4: <laughs> I think there might you might lose something in not having a GM that knows the whole story, just because there's like subtleties that you can weave in throughout based on the ending, if you know the ending.
1: Yeah, a lot of foreshadowing that you yeah. can do, um, things like that. that
3: like Rick does all the time in yeah, Mummy's Mask a- and probably
4: Tyrant's Grass. Sorry, he introduced us to Hassen, who was probably just supposed to be some random giant that you fight when you get to this place. And instead, he made us devastated by the fact that like the two other giants were murdered and Hassen murdered one of them and we were sad and like... All that stuff is probably just woven in.
2: I'm all about the long con.
4: <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs>
2: Gracious. Although, I, I guess pros and cons of this, I will say that it does give you an opportunity to experience the story from multiple different perspectives. So it's almost yeah. like having like a, it's like a short story collection kind of thing with diff, different authors where you could have a, a, an anthology of stories that you can experience and get kind of a sampling plate of it. I think that could be interesting.
0: See, I have a return question adventure? for this. What do you do with the player when they're suddenly jamming? Does the other person take over that character, or does that oh. person do sit out? out like, I wonder if
2: it's an like NPC. I bet they I become an if NPC.
3: If they just run the character as an NPC. I bet you is what happens. Oh, I just that, I feel yeah. Like I was gonna I would, say, otherwise hmm. you're
1: you're you're gonna be out of book. But then you're back, mm-hmm. and like you, the dynamic of the group keeps shifting around every book. Like I think they'd have to do it as an NPC.
2: Although thinking about it, I mean, it could be really fun to do something where it's just everyone gets one book with no overview. So if you're the person that got book four or something and you're starting book one, you're like, How the heck do they get here? Like, (laughs) what's the (laughs) reaction? No, he said they don't read
3: ahead. So you don't until you're, he wouldn't start reading book four until the end of book three that he said that you don't read
2: ahead. Again, that, well, and again, that could work and it could actually be very interesting.
1: It could work well in some of the like like the Emerald Spire super dungeon. I don't know, yeah. But whatever works for you guys, do yeah, it. Yeah, let it. Let yeah. us
0: uh, follow up with us. Let us know how it finishes out. Oh, I'm curious.
4: That would work really well with Serpent Skull.
2: Actually, yeah, Serpent Skull. I think would it would also work, would work with really with well with Kingmaker.
4: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, probably yeah. Kingmaker would be a good one also. Because each of the books in Kingmaker really stand alone. Hmm. But it's also yeah. still an overarching story. And if a character, and if you had the character that you're playing leave. It would make sense that it's like okay, you finish up book one, and now this person's going to be book two. It's like okay, well, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to stay here and run the freaking kingdom. So yeah, whoever's like yeah. whoever's in charge of the kingdom for that year is left behind while the rest of the party yeah, goes cool. on adventures.
0: All right, anyway, so we've got yeah. a second question. All right, what are your thoughts on the ideal group size? I have played in or GM'd for groups of six, five, four, three, and two, and I have concluded that for my money, the ideal group size is three players and a GM rather than the typical four. The social dynamics are easier matching busy schedules, keeping people engaged, giving everyone time in the spotlight, and with a reasonably experienced group, you can still handle the encounters as written in Paizo Adventures. In fact, we find the moderate increase in difficulty to improve the balance of AP encounters. Hmm. As an aside, I also really enjoyed GMing for 2. The buddy cop dynamics are great, but it's not appropriate for published material without significant adjustment. What are your mm. thoughts?
3: I like four and
4: five, but nothing higher than that. Yep, I like four too. I mean, three was fun. Like the first AP we ever played in was three, which was cool. But we so also had an NPC added in there. Yeah, not the whole
1: time. Uh, the one thing that I will say is when you have less people, if there is that one new player who maybe not is not as strong with the rules and is strong with the mechanics and how to get the most out of their character, it's going to be a lot more noticeable than if they're in a group of five. So it really just depends on the experience of the group. So like, yeah, when there's three equally experienced people, I, you know, we had a great time with doing a legacy Legacy of fire with that. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, I'm doing a group right now through Reign of Winter and two of them, this is their first Pathfinder adventure path they've ever played. The person playing the cleric Mm -hmm. is not used to kind of the cleric dynamics and and how to best play a cleric. And so the lack of, you know, the appropriate healing or the buff or anything like that is much more noticeable. In hindsight, I would have tried to put like two more experienced players and do a a group of five on that. Mm Um, I but, wouldn't
4: have died so much, probably. Yeah.
1: I Personally, <laughs> I think four is the perfect number. I like um, four. APs are yeah. written for four people. The thing that happens when you get more people in the five and six is combat slows down and you're just sitting there waiting for like 20 minutes before your oh. next turn comes up.
4: Especially in first edition.
1: And yeah. yeah, especially in first edition. And I find that that it's hard for a lot of people to keep focus when it's like that long, like by that time it's like, okay, I guess I'll get up and get a drink and you know maybe go to the bathroom. And, and before then I have completely lost what happens in the combat. So that's kind of my take on it, I guess.
2: I find myself pretty evenly split between my love of four and five. Uh, I definitely agree with Jordan that the more people you get, the more complicated the combats can become and then you're adjusting the combats and so on and so forth. I'm fortunate in that anytime that I am running it for five, all five of the players are very experienced with the rule system and so, Even when we're adding Ross in, for instance, in Tyrant's Grasp, Mm -hmm. it's still very snappy. Uh, I haven't found that it really slows things down much. And it does add an extra layer to the dynamic of the party when you have an additional person. I remember reading a bunch of things about group dynamics in novels and how you set them up so for instance if you have the two person group it's usually the yin and yang you're gonna have two people they're gonna be the polar opposites the buddy cop thing it's if you've ever seen Bones or Castle or any of the rest of those where you have the straight lace person the other uh, the three persons usually get the Freudian trio so you get your Kirk, Spock, McCoy the logical, emotional person, the person that balances. Four person tends to be the four sanguine kind of characters, unless you just have kind of a repeat. And then I always love the five man band for any of our Voltron fans out there or Avatar.
1: Yeah. The other thing that that your fifth character gives you is you have your, you know, your rogue wizard cleric fighter. You, the fifth person can be kind of whatever you want them to be. So that's a good it's chance a to end. play like those more esoteric ones that um, you probably wouldn't because they're not the strongest healer or they're not the strongest
2: fighter. By default,
0: the bard. The bard.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's hey. the time for the bard. What The one greatest and most overlooked advantage, however, of having a five-person group is how easy treasure and experience divides five ways. That's fair. I'm yes. just saying, five if you want to make your number. math easier, five people. <laughs> All right. What do we do with this extra copper piece? Uh, give it to the poor person.
3: Give it to a child.
2: I always take the
1: extra <laughs> copper piece because I do the treasure. Ha ha ha. Joke's on y'all. Jerk. And one copper richa. Aha!
0: Well, he says, thanks for what you do and keep up the good work. P.S. In an early after party, a listener wrote that he was from Breezy Creek. You guys thought maybe it sounded like somewhere in the Midwest. It's a war for the crown reference. There's a Taldane NPC called Calbio of Breezy Creek. It's not in any setting books, so you need to have read or played Crownfall to know.
2: Oh, oh, wow. Cool. Oh, there we Interesting. go. Interesting.
0: cut. Thank you for letting us.
2: That is a very deep cut. I apologize to whoever uh, wanted to be from Breezy Creek that we probably put them someplace else. Well,
0: you can have two so homes. You have a summer know. home
2: in Breezy Creek. Yes,
0: you're rich enough yes. now to have two homes.
2: <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and we have one final email today. Uh, this is uh, from Ryan from Brian slash... There's a
5: lot
4: of Ryans in this email. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Fourth email is from Ryan from College Station. Why did you put Brian slash College Station?
2: Because that's what he wrote. Brian
0: is the name of the
4: town.
2: Yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian is, Texas is, is the name yeah. of the town.
4: Yeah, if you're not Aggie. from Texas, you're not going to know
3: what
0: College Station is.
1: Yep.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's true. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Brian is from Brian slash College Station, Texas. Uh, hey, originally Wiley, hello, Texas. fellow Texans. Oh, well, howdy, howdy, I guess. Howdy. Howdy. I'm curious if you're an Aggie. My bro's an Aggie, so that's what I want to know. Bro, I mean, College Bro.
3: Station.
5: <laughs>
0: I know. Well, well, my, I don't my know. Bro, what, she I means know how it, it, my brother. Yes, my actual <laughs> brother is an Aggie. <laughs> Hi, been listening for a little over a year. Started listening last April to help make the flight from Texas to California and back much more pleasant. Oh, You're thank welcome. you. And got it. Uh, and got in on the ground floor of the Patreon.
1: Aww. Oh, hey, thank you is so guy. Much. Oh.
4: Is this a guy who's from California and has come to Texas A&M for college? Because it says, Ryan from Bryan slash College Station,
0: Texas, originally Wiley, Texas, the one near Plano. Yeah. Originally Wiley, Wiley, which means
4: no.
3: Because huh. Wiley's
4: Texas. Yeah. Why are you going to California? Why did you present such a like, compelling mystery?
2: I don't <laughs> think it really
4: matters. He keeps I mean, when, when using the all so he's got to be Texan.
2: When he's not in college... He's also a professional assassin.
4: Oh. Oh, of course.
2: Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I made a backstory for him now. There you go. Congratulations. Okay. Little did you know, he's a red <laughs> mantis. Also, also, I'm sorry for outing you as an assassin.
3: Okay, so he's from Mendigati, then. We're moving on. <laughs> 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 it says, love the chemistry you all have and knowledge of the rules.
0: Was writing in to thank you all for some of your comments about veterinarians in one of the Faded Tales episodes. College, yep. <laughs> My wife was at vet school at Texas A&M for three and a half years, and every mm. time people complained about vet prices, she would tell me about how vet school can be just as expensive as med school, accruing much loan debt. Four years of post grad, and they use very similar, if not the same, drugs and equipment as human doctors. That's true. She was unfortunately unable to finish, as she had to drop out for medical reasons. But we oh. were luckily in, oh. But we were luckily able to get the sizable loans forgiven. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. great! Oh,
1: that's great! Oh, that's good news
5: this
4: guy I, has a compelling story
1: I'd read the book. <laughs> and I I'd, read, I'd watch the movie I, I'm
4: gonna play Ryan in my next adventure path. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I hope your wife, your is, wife is feeling better yes a druid, <laughs> yes, I, a druid I, who got like your ah, I yes. gotta
1: kill all these people to pay for her medical
2: bills I'm not
4: kill people he doesn't seem like a bad guy Oh wait! We made him an assassin.
2: Yeah, he only okay,
4: kills bad people. He's like he's hey, Dexter. Like Dexter. It, yeah. He
2: only kills he only kills people who perform cruelty to animals. There
4: you go. Yes,
1: oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> so
4: he's a ranger with favorite enemy human.
2: I think we just made Ryan John Wick.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: yes, yes, we did. Accidentally that's... on purpose, make him John Wick,
4: and he's but married okay, to though.
3: essentially a druid, which is amazing. This is yeah. great. I love this. In all seriousness, I hope your wife is doing better. Absolutely.
1: Yes, yes definitely.
3: Uh, and I personally know people who have gone through the veterinary
0: program at AM and and is no joke. It that's, is, a good, yeah. that's one of the
1: better ones in,
4: in the nation. Is it
1: the best? I know well, it's I wanted really it to be good. a vet
4: when I was in third grade. It was the best because I did research. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Anyway, anyway it's a tough program. Power to your
0: wife for getting through three and a half
4: years of it. I do
2: hope yeah.
0: she is feeling better. Yes. And I hope maybe she still gets to work with animals because that's fun. Sure. Um, was just a really specific random reference that I finally got to writing in about. Thank you for the excellent content and looking forward for all that is to come.
2: Well, thank you for writing in.
5: Yes,
0: thank, thank you. There was also
2: in. not a question in that email. That's no, okay. No.
0: But that's okay. The The vet I, comment was nice. It is my favorite time of the show because I'm the weird movie nut. What God are we casting this week?
2: Because technically Rachel's doubling down because I think she rolled last time too. Did I? Yeah, even though I was hosting last time, I think you still rolled. All right, go ahead and roll, Rach. Go ahead and bounce me. Uh, It's going to be 3d6? 3d6. 3d6, okay. Roll them bones.
3: Seven. And as always, you can vote on the subreddit for these. And I don't know if we've mentioned it, but uh, Adam Driver is (laughs) Akkak.
1: Adam
2: Driver is Akkak.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: Goodness.
2: (laughs) All right. So for our casting today, this is an interesting one because I actually have read, but I've never seen her in any product ever. So, oh really? Today we're going to be pre- casting Caldera Zorestian, oftentimes known as the Calamitous Turn.
1: Oh well, that's exciting. I have never heard of this thing
2: person in my days of yeah. reading. This m- is new to books. me. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she's she's one of the very rare uh, halfling deities.
5: Oh, Ooh,
0: halfling
2: okay. <laughs> That's cool. The Calamitous Turn is a plucky, impulsive goddess venerated primarily by halflings. She embodies two aspects halflings see themselves see in themselves a strong affinity for luck and bold determination to protect friends.
4: I know exactly. I know exactly what I'm is hot-headed
2: and cannot abide bullies in any form. And many of her worshippers are similarly impetuous, spoiling for any opportunity to leap fist first at oppressors and tyrants. While many people consider this to be more of a vice than a virtue, Caldera and her followers feel that it is far better to run headlong into trouble than it is to meekly concede to evil out of fear or convenience. Caldera is also the goddess of lighthearted mischief, insisting that harmless fun, even at others' expense, brings joy and strengthens ties within a community. While not of all of Caldera's followers are veteran pranksters, most at least know some sleight of hand tricks caldera is most often depicted as a halfling woman who matches the appearance of the local halfling community with curly hair freckles and a patchwork red and green coat held together by several mismatched buttons caldera's church is very casual with few formal priests most congregants are led by lay priests who pursue a full-time job and work hard to preserve halfling customs strengthen ties between neighbors and lift the underprivileged in the community out of poverty true clerics of caldera are responsible for running the church as a whole as well as petitioning Secular Leadership for Furthering Laws that Promote Equality Many Calderians support the Bellflower Network, a clandestine organization that labors to free halflings from slavery throughout the Inner Sea region, but principally Chiliacs. Caldera is a common companion of Desna, but she considers herself a close friend of nearly all non-evil gods and delights in telling exaggerated tales of their escapades, particularly when such tales involve mischief or embarrassing situations. Even reserve deities such as Arastol or Aori often find themselves pulled into adventures by the irrepressibly friendly goddess, whether they like it or not. Caldera's chief foe amongst the gods is Thamir, an evil god venerated by desperate and misanthropic highflings.
1: Huh, cool.
0: I got mine. So this is an up and coming actress who I think is amazing and everybody will probably know her from it, but Sophia Lillis. She plays the, the young it. girl that's in the Losers Club from it, the,
2: the It movie. Oh, yeah. Come on, so- oh,
0: okay, I like her. Uh, but she has just this presence and I can just imagine her donning that coat that you showed us in the picture and like just punching somebody in the face. I mean, because she was pretty much the glue that held the Losers Club together.
2: Yes, uh, it was hmm. Beverly.
0: Beverly, that's um, what it was. Beverly. Uh, but she's, uh, she was also in, I guess, a, a Nancy Drew remake? I didn't get she's to she a really it.
4: amazing uh, Netflix show that I can't think of the name of, but it's it's like today is the w- absolute worst or something. It's a really, it's funny. Yeah. And she's going to be in the new
0: Hansel and Gretel horror movie.
5: Mm. So,
0: but um, I just think she she fits the look and she's got like everything you described. I think she could pull off really well. I like her a lot.
2: I certainly agree. I funny enough find myself in the position of being Rachel where I have two, but I am only going to name one.
0: Hey, I technically started with five and then saw her picture like, that's it. <laughs>
2: Although I'm really, really torn about my second one, but I'm going to go with my first instinct, which is Macy Williams. Okay. I love Macy Williams. She's yeah. so, and she oh, has yeah. that kind of Far, that mischievous yeah. quality to her and that fun loving. She's just a brilliant actress.
0: She's not a redhead though. Mine's a redhead. <laughs>
2: She's true. My first, my first was a redhead and I'll, and I was very tempted anyway. by that, but yeah. Macy Williams, fun, mischievous,
4: aria Stark for those. Arya Stark who <laughs> for those
2: of you who don't know from yep. the Game of Thrones.
4: Yeah, no she's good. jess Oh, it's me. <laughs> um, I heard the words "lucky." I heard the words "chaotic." uh I heard the words uh, "isn't afraid of a tussle," and I thought "birds of prey," Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. Oh.
1: Okay. I All can right. see that. I can dig it. I can dig it. She's certainly Okay. Fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I okay. think I think
2: Rachel's the only one go for a natural redhead so far. Yeah.
0: But. What the heck, I. Yeah, Although again, yeah. her it's appearance so her look.
2: appearance depends on what area she's yeah, a halfling that population. True. All right, okay. Jordan. Here we go.
1: I heard halfling, mischievous. Imagined her with a smile and immediately thought of Kristen Bell.
4: Oh, I love Kristen. I love Kristen Bell. Yeah. Um, Kristen Bell in the fun. good
1: place. Uh, she is also five foot yeah. one. Um. So she's almost a halfling herself In terms of <laughs> the like height She's two feet off I know she's like two feet off But like the closest human we could find
4: She is a small lady She is
1: a little tiny lady But she's also super fun um, Watch The Good Place It's the best show ever y'all
4: Yeah she's mm.
3: really good on that show Okay so we've got mischievous And that she fights oppressors And tries to better other people's lives so I'm gonna go with Letitia Wright. She played Shuri in Black Panther. Uh, oh, that's yeah.
1: a good one. Yeah, that like that's that a good one. one. Man, so she has a lot of good picks. I think all of us had really strong picks on that good one. Good luck, Pathfolk. Yeah, good yeah, luck so on the voting. Y'all,
2: y'all have fun
4: voting on <laughs> that one.
1: That's
2: true. I'm gonna reserve like my mine. second one for a future halfling. Okay. <laughs> are there other halfling deities?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I
2: mean, there are other halfling deities out there. Excellent. Excellent. So don't
3: forget to go on our Reddit for this After Party episode and vote for who you think it should be. Yes,
4: please go vote. Sooner or later, and... we'll have
3: like a list of all the deities we've casted so on the website. We just were lazy.
4: No, there's <laughs> a wiki, I think, that the subreddit yeah.
3: maintains. Yeah, I, so, I think there's it? a wiki yeah.
1: now for it. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh,
4: Nice. But we hope to see you all at Gen Con. It's true. I get mean, tickets. We'll be... Come see us. Do you have to Six get o'clock. a ticket? It's free. Okay. It's a free
1: ticket. <laughs> you <Yeah. Just laughs> gotta register who
4: at gencon.online. Get a badge. It's free. Sign up for the event. It's free. And then come to twitch.tv slash find the path ventures at six Eastern time, 6 p.m. Eastern time and uh, hang out with us. Yeah. Join so that us is uh, uh, August 1st, Bay. correct? Yep. Which so is today. So
2: today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do all those things quickly.
2: <laughs> quick, quick. Yes.
0: If you haven't done them yet, do them now.
3: And if you aren't able to catch the show live, it will be on our YouTube channel
4: eventually. Yes.
2: Yep. And the so. Find the
4: Path Ventures uh, feed, probably. Yep.
2: Yep. Sometime yep, probably, probably in, I don't know, December. When it makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Please keep sending in those emails, sending in those questions. We love getting to interact with you guys however we can, especially during the, all the crazy stuff going on in the world right now. It brings a smile to our face to hear from you guys.
3: And you can always post on the Reddit or the Discord and find us on Twitter. There are such, much ways to get in contact yes. with us. That's true. Good luck, Pathfolk. Yep. Be safe. Bye. Wear Good your luck, mask. Pathfinders. Watch your hands. Bye.
1: Bye.
3: Yes. Bye. <laughs> Germ theory.
0: Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of PyZone Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.